Hello, and welcome back to season two of Owning Your Legacy. I am your host, Lorette Rondonet, president and CEO of Edlong, a food flavorings company based in greater Chicago with a global footprint. In today's episode, I am joined by Amy Bannis, a Chicago-based celebrity and corporate executive makeup artist and hairstylist with nearly three decades of experience. Through the real magic of makeup and skincare, Amy builds up her clients' confidence and brings out the best versions of themselves. And I am lucky to say that I know this from personal experience. Amy has been in my corner for a few years now. She does my makeup for all of my big events, photo shoots, and on set for Owning Your Legacy. I so love working with her and learn more about her beautiful outlook on life every time we are together. Amy is such a light and brings magical energy to this conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode, The Beauty of Happiness. Thanks for listening. Hi, Amy. So welcome to this episode of Owning Your Legacy, and thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with you. I'm here. I'm in front of the camera. I know, right? Supposed to be behind the scenes, Uh right? Exactly. It's okay. Out of my comfort zone. It's good for us to be out of our comfort zone. So for our listeners, just to let them know, we've known each other for four years. You have been the makeup person, hair person, the calm Lorette down behind the scenes for many events in my life. Such an honor. So I, I think this conversation is going to be really fun because, yeah, I think those people that influence and help us and support us that sometimes are not in front of the camera or in the, the spotlight or in the limelight are hugely important in our lives. So I'm excited about this conversation. Thanks. So before we dig into it, tell us a little bit about what got you to loving to be a makeup artist in little bit of your history and even which I find very interesting a little bit about your childhood yes interesting childhood um both one of seven yes yes we are both one of seven we have lots in common mm-hmm. um well my uh I was I started out in corporate America I thought I wanted to be in banking just because it's the only thing that kind of made sense at the time just a, a good job to go into and my cousin was a makeup artist she worked at Neiman Marcus on Michigan Avenue oh cool and she and encouraged me to do makeup. She says, you're so good at it. Why don't you do it? I'm like, that's not a real job. <laughs> oh, look what I've done. Exactly. Anyways. Which is but, huge. I mean, I yeah. think that shouldn't be understated. I mean, what yeah. you have done with what you love is really impressive. You travel around. You you go with clients to different states. You're like, yeah. So I've been all over the world. been to Turkey with them. All over. Oh, all over the such world. Honor. Clients. Yeah, but I, I just didn't think it was something to be serious about. So I... Um, I started just for six months. I worked in retail. I worked with Estee Lauder, which was with prescriptives, old school word. I don't yes. think they're even around. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but I realized real quick I did not want to do retail. I didn't want to be in sales. I didn't want to sell anything. I didn't want to force people to buy things that they didn't need because you had to meet this quota. I just wanted to do makeup. So that got my stepping stone. And I started, um, started my business in 94. So I've been doing makeup for 28 years, but hair for 19 and um, I left corporate America in 2000, and I got divorced in 2000, and you know, I was a single mom, and yeah, my son was 18 months old, so everything kind of all happened that year, and then I knew I was going for it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a career of this. That's and really brave. It, it was, that was a big year. I meditate with her often. There's a photo mm-hmm. of me from 2000 on my son's second birthday, and it's a great photo of him and I together. Mm-hmm. And I look at her face and I see the strength in that woman. 
oh my gosh. And I sit and meditate with her because I thank her. I thank her for getting me to where I'm at. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Without 28-year-old Amy, I wouldn't be here. Because I, I just have discovered I've taken the hard road almost always my whole life. The road less traveled. Yes. Why? Why can't I pick the easy one? But, but it works easy. for me. It works for me. It's where I've gained my strength. Totally. And it's just, I keep getting stronger and stronger. And it, it gets me ready for whatever the next challenge is. So touching. And that's okay, but... It, and talk about, I love your story about when you were 24 and you had to make a decision of leaving your family. That was the big decision. That was the big one. If you can do was, that, you can do anything. Yes. Because you know who I mean? wants to leave their family? Right. It wasn't really a choice. I didn't dislike them. Um, they kind of had to leave me. Yeah. But I knew that was the choice. So I was raised um, in a cultish religion. Some don't like to claim it to be a cult, but based around the definition of what a cult is, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm one of seven with my parents, so there's nine of us, and I had to leave all my friends I ever knew in my whole life growing up with, my family, my religion, and I left my first husband. Um, got divorced. I got married very young and got divorced at 24. All of it happened in that year. What was the trigger? Um, I didn't I didn't believe in the religion. I didn't believe in that God. I didn't believe it was, they call it the truth. That's a term they use, the truth. It didn't feel like the truth. It felt like a lie. And I felt like I was lying. Right. Every time I prayed to God, I didn't feel like he was listening, the one that I was raised to believe who our God was from my birth. My parents were both raised Jehovah's Witnesses, so right. I'm not upset with them. No, they, they didn't have a choice. They, yeah, they're they, doing what, what they know, right? and they're, they're not allowed to talk to any family that leaves the faith. And that must have broke their heart. Yes, I was a missionary. I was, wow. I was a missionary. I did, I did so much work in the religion just to make my parents happy or to make the family look good. Mm-hmm. My dad was an elder. My mom was a regular pioneer, regular missionary, like a full-time missionary. So I did it too. I was the only child of all seven that never rebelled. I never did anything wrong. I was kind of like the perfect child mm-hmm. all growing up, and then I was the one who left. Did the rest of them stayed? Yeah, most of them stayed yeah. um, at the time. Some have started to fall away, but... Yeah, most are still in it. When they fall away, can you have a relationship with them? We can, but we're just so far removed. I've talked to two of my brothers recently, and it was kind of nice to have a chat with them on the phone. That was actually recent last year. Nice. So it kind of felt good. Yeah. I'm real close to my three. I was closer to my three brothers than my three sisters. Yeah. Raised a bit of a tomboy, mm-hmm. and I still am. So it's kind of funny that I'm in a girly, girly job doing hair yes. and makeup, but I'm good at it. So You are good at it. Yes. <laughs> I love doing it. So let's transition to that yeah, conversation, sure. because I think that is profound that what I always say when you're in the room I feel calm like I know I don't have to worry about hair out of place and it sounds so simple but it's huge when you are nervous about presenting or you're nervous about being on camera or you know we met four years ago at the EY event so I was up for a finalist at Ernst & Young which is nerve-wracking in itself because they had to get on that big stage and it was right here at Navy Pier we were down there Great event, um, but yeah, it just made me feel confident and at peace, and I trust you that you're never going to let me go out looking like an idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> all eyes are on you, my eyes and my eyes are on you before uh-huh. you walk out, all the little... And even when we do photo shoots with my team, your eyes are on definitely on me, but on all of us, and you make yes. sure that, okay, wait, because it's a lot of effort, and you don't want to do these types of things, either photo shoots or videos, and then you're like, oh, 
Like, I want to fix that one piece. Yes. When I'm watching movies, oh. it's so hard to watch movies or TV. I'm like, I want to fix this hair. Her eyebrow's not even, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to pay attention. But it's such an honor to be with people, not just women, people, on their biggest days, these big events, like that big event for you or someone's wedding. I think you have or, a little mini therapist in you as well. You know, because you witch are, vibes. You're, yes, the good witch vibes and the energy that you bring into the room. Like you were just describing, I think that was a good story of talking about um, when you said you weren't on set with one of your clients. Describe that story. I thought that was good. And the difference when you were there and when you weren't there. Oh, tell me again. Wait, so it's the one it? where you were saying like, I forget what at happened. one point they, they had, I don't know, a photo shoot or no videos. Oh, and they were like. That's that, happened a few times. Oh, Okay. I worked with um, the Hackett Group, and they did a big training course, and they started out without makeup. And the CEO knows me well. I've been with him on all his projects. He said, everybody just, no one looks good on camera. We have to redo everything, pull Amy in. And then with the other shoot as well, it's, it, it makes a big difference. And you said they were kind of like, and like they're, not as... Yeah, getting them ready, being in my chair first gets them ready, they start, they start talking, especially if it's gonna be video. Um, still shots are different, but if it's gonna be recorded and they're gonna be talking, they're not used to being on camera. It's not, right. it's not something that's comfortable. And it is a lot like theater, you know? Yeah. I think that, so Sarah Victory, I've talked about her a few times in the podcast and she's a speaking coach amongst many other things. And her background, which I always think is interesting, is from theater and more of a director. And she always is very particular on what you wear and talks about getting into almost like the costume, but it does get, it's sitting yeah. in your chair. It's when you start getting into your, like, I don't know, the role or something like they, that. They it's, want to talk. I usually let yeah. them talk. First, we'll chat about makeup for a second. If it's a female, mm-hmm. we'll chat what they normally wear because sometimes they come with, you know, naked face, hair not done, mm-hmm. and I'll talk what they normally, um, I'll ask them questions. The questions are huge. You know, how do you normally wear your eyeliner? What Do you have a signature shade of lip? What do you normally wear on a daily basis? Do you like your brows a little more bold? Do you want them natural? So asking them questions like this and listening to them, this is um, helping them feel confident and comfortable because at the end, what are they going to do? They're going to see themselves in the mirror. I always show them the mirror. I'm not going to ever be easily offended. What do you want me to change? I can change anything because we need to do this now, not when you get on camera. It's about listening to that. It's just, it all just been... It happens organically. I don't know how. I don't know what the magic like button it is, but does. it happens organically with every how many client. Times being like in a wedding, you know, when you're in the wedding or you're in the bridal party, and then you gotta do hair and makeup with whoever the bride picks. And there's times where I'm like, okay, I want to go take a shower right now. Oh, I've heard those horror <laughs> stories. I'm like, oh, I feel like a clown. And yes. you've never, ever, ever made me, like I trust you implicitly. You say, and that's one Thank thing I, I think is so fun is you're like how many times you've done my face and you're like I can be more creative because I know yes. you and and I'm like whatever I, I trust can either be you creative to- or I could do your makeup with my eyes closed yeah exactly <laughs> so I'm, just, no, I'm like yes it's Lorette the yeah. that's cool so what about beauty lights you up well I, I think part of it came from corporate America knowing what I didn't want yes and I really liked the people I worked with but I did not like the job and I am a creative and I think for anyone who is a creative, they need to be in that type of a job. It's very important for them. Yes. And once my cousin convinced me that this is something I should go down, at least this path, something like this, um, at first it was about makeup. And the more faces you do, the better you get. Because I'm a self-taught makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my degree in makeup artistry until I was a makeup artist for nine years. And I only did that because I wanted to teach. Oh. I wanted to be a teach. I want to educate, um, which I do. I teach at Columbia College still. 
But um, and you teach ma- makeup. I artistry? do make, uh, like, I did. So there was a makeup artistry class at Columbia College for many years, and then they closed the program down. But now I teach with the um, photography students, the fashion design students, and the stylists. So everybody I work with on camera, and I teach them how to work with a hair and makeup artist, what to expect from me, um, what to look for, how to talk to me, how to instruct things. Like what I do behind the scenes, I'm there with them the whole time. Well, let's talk about Maria, our favorite photographer. Yes. So we just were with Maria, was with Maria last week, and I think you bring her piece. She can focus on her art, which is photography, knowing that you've got the aesthetics of everything else covered. Yes. If she had to do both, I would imagine that she would feel like that's too much. You know, she can really look at yeah. the background and the lighting and whatever, you know, her artistry is. So I think the partnership between what it takes for any type of production is yeah. huge. It's just about, um, you know, just understanding different personalities. When I, when I walk on set, sometimes I'm with brand new people, and it's just about not being in their way, understanding what they need. I love working with Maria because she is... She's gritty like I am. <laughs> we are gritty. I'm just a dash of gritty. She'll tell you if you're in the way. Like, there's no yes. problem. But, yes. but sometimes she does have to do everything. If, if it's not in the budget for a hair and makeup person to stay after everyone's ready, she has to do that. So it's so much easier to have someone like myself on set. She doesn't have to worry about all the little things. She can just focus on her actual job, right. just doing the photography. And that's movie. how I feel. I mean, having you around when we're doing these podcasts or, or photo shoots, I feel like I can focus on what I'm supposed to be focusing on be in the moment with whoever the guest is. And it's really, it's almost like that delegate to elevate thing. Yeah. Where I can say, okay, you've got that. You know, Brenda usually is my stylist with the clothes. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about all of the specifics. Is huge. It's huge. It lets yeah. you be there. This is a big deal what you're doing. You shouldn't have to worry about your hair or makeup mm-hmm. or your styling. You should worry about what you need to speak about. I know you have so much um, educating you have to do before you meet each person, so mm-hmm. education and reading. Yeah, research and, and just like you say, kind of get to know them before we... Yes. So that's where I need to be spending my energy and I know if you're going to be here, I'm like, oh, don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Get here, you know, definitely no makeup on. <laughs> It's, yeah. I mean, even that, I think, to some people is probably vulnerable of just coming, you know, here in a ponytail and you fix it all. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I usually walk in, everything's raw. They're just coming from, some of my clients will come from the train. They're like, they're wearing a hat because they wanted to hide and not. Yeah. But I'm, I, I love um, either meeting someone for the first time and just nailing it yes. exactly what they want. Wow. Wow, I haven't looked this good in, and they'll tell me the day when they <laughs> felt when they felt really great last. Um, I mean, I work with so many celebrities and executives who are used to having their hair and makeup done often, and that's a special place to be. I'm very honored to be with them, but to to do um, makeup or hair for someone who's never, never had it. How about my gala for Gigi's Playhouse? And I had some of my girlfriends over, and you were doing my hair and makeup, and you did a couple of them. And I think some of them have never, or not yes. very often, had their yeah. hair and makeup done, and it was really fun. And I loved you set up in the kitchen. Like, yes. that was profound, because people could be hanging out, having appetizers and cocktails while you're doing your thing. Part of the party. And you were totally part of the party. Oh, my God, you're so fun. One of my mottos, I say it often, is beauty is an inside-out job. So how you feel on the inside is going to reflect on the outside. So doing that through hair and makeup and helping someone feel absolutely beautiful, that moment when they look at themselves in the mirror and they, they just have a moment with themselves. Well, I already saw that beautiful person when they walked in the door with right. no makeup, hair not done, not in the outfit they're going to wear, but 
to see that moment when they feel amazing. That confidence is going to come out with whatever event they're going to, being on camera, the interview, um, video, commercial. They need to feel that. It comes from inside. So as you're talking about beauty is an inside-out job, mm -hmm. I think of the Audrey Hepburn quote, happy girls are the prettiest girls. Yes. Our smile is right. our most important accessory. We need to remember to have that. Right. And it's deep. I mean, I don't think that you can just smile through everything. I think that it is like inside work. Good, Absolutely. Good witch stuff. Yes, good witch stuff. <laughs> I love good witch stuff. I do this every day. A big part of the only time I have for myself is in my mornings. Yes. So I started reading um, a book called The 5 a.m. Club, and secretly I do the 6 a.m. club. I don't wake up at 5 a.m. All right. But oh, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. <laughs> but my body clock usually wakes me up just prior to 6, so I'm not usually waking up with my alarm. And I have That's a routine nice. I do in the morning. Oh, I love um, this. And this, this is what I do for myself because once I leave my house and I get to my clients, you are I am with them only. All day. I it is not about me anymore. Like, where's the water? Where's the food? We, yeah. It, yeah. It's all about my clients. So taking care of me first is so important. My son even asked me that. Please just take care of yourself first because that's when I'm not going to worry about you. So I found my formula and I do. I take care of myself first. I meditate in the mornings. Um, I make a deal with myself. I drink a pint of water before each cup of coffee because sometimes I need two. So two uh -huh. pints of water, I'll have a third pint of water before I leave the house staying hydrated, yes. um, writing my journal, doing something educational for myself, which how easy is that? Podcasts are not in the car on the way. So Wow, we have um, some similar. Absolutely. I, I light a candle, and I know you're a big yes. candle. Oh, yes. And Amy got me the coolest candle recently that I just absolutely love. And it said Owning Your Legacy and Lorette the Good Witch. And yes. I'm going to I'm going to keep refilling that candle. because You're my Glenda. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, the, I think having a ritual in the morning, and when I don't do it, because I'm running late, yes. or it's an earlier morning, like this morning, <laughs> um, you feel a little off. Like yeah. it definitely is a centering, and I, it's, yeah. And learning that lesson of taking care of ourselves is a hard one. Yeah. It's a hard one. And you can feel when you really need to work on that. And constantly the last couple of months have been like so nonstop. I'm like, okay, that's one thing I really want to work on is I've got to block out. Yes. That whatever. Centering time, yoga, something. Oh, yoga is a good one. Because I think it's back to the beauty yeah. thing though. If you don't do that, you're tired and burn out and crabby. I am. Exactly. Not you. <laughs> no, I can, I can be too. Like one of my yeah. other rituals is doing five sun salutations in the morning. How easy is that? Wow. Just five. That's all you have to do. My yoga teacher actually taught me that. She said, if you don't have time for yoga or to work out in the morning, just do five sun salutations. It will set your day right. Nice. And it's so quick to That's do that. That's really good advice. And everyone who does yoga knows at least just sun salutations. You don't have to have right. your teacher with you or be on you know, an app or be in a classroom to do sun salutations. And it's right. so helpful. You instantly just stretch everything out. Mm -hmm. You're getting all your good breaths in. You're ready to go. That whole breathing thing, I definitely catch myself like holding my breath and that's yeah all of this I love headspace I just did that last night matter of fact of and it I fall asleep before you yeah. get through the five breaths I'm like out yeah box breathing is a good one to learn I don't know that one I love box breathing you breathe in for four seconds you hold for four seconds you exhale for four seconds you hold for four seconds it calms you that's headspace does it that's yeah. the breathing that yes. they do but box they say breathing. out for six yeah yeah well you can change so, yeah. the time yeah but yeah, by the time you're done with that, it's like you're asleep. Exactly. Boom, out. Yeah. 
It's interesting because I've been doing this for 28 years, so it's almost three decades. So a lot of my clients are getting older like I am, so they're about my age. You're not but I've, old. But I've, well, I'm 50. Oh. And some of these girls, <laughs> but some of their daughters I've known since birth. Yes. Or, I, or I've known them as brides, and now I know these daughters, so now I'm doing, I'm doing their proms, I'm doing their dances, and they've known me and they trust me. I'm thinking, how does this 15-year-old trust me? As a makeup artist, don't they want someone younger? And I've talked to my son about this. He said they want someone who's experienced, who's good, yes. and who could do what they want to be done with their And hair your makeup. energy. Don't ever underestimate the power of your energy, <laughs> Amy. It's like, I mean, you wouldn't want a makeup artist to just be there and not be part of the party, like you said at the gala, getting ready for the gala, and you were a part of my tribe that was yeah. there. And I wouldn't want someone that I didn't feel like is part of the tribe. And even though you're in the background, you're taking pictures of us walking to the yeah. bus and you're making us laugh and like you're you're definitely well, that was fun. That the, was fun. The brothers walking down. That the was hysterical. Skipping. It was so skipping cute. They were the skipping. It was very fun. Tell me about men and how what you do helps build the confidence in men. Well, I got my start working with men because in corporate America it's mostly been a male-dominated industry. And now that the future is female, I'm seeing all these female leaders climb the corporate ladder and so many female CEOs like yourself. That is so empowering me for, for me to be around. However, I worked with men prior to that. Um, one of the female CEOs I work with, um, she was with US uh, Gypsum, USG, the mm-hmm. sheetrock company. Cool. And she's female and she's, I think, just a couple years older than myself. But she had, I believe, 32 men under her and two women. And wow. I would do all their headshots in one day and I did all... They were all so cooperative. Every man was fine. They sat down because Jenny told them they had to have their makeup done for their headshots. (laughs) And only two of them had me take their makeup off at the end. And they were fine with having their makeup on for the rest of the day throughout their meetings. So that is interesting. I mean, because I told them they won't, they, they're not going to look like they have makeup on. They're just going to look ready for camera. That's all it's for. That is so true. And I know that you do do a little on, on my men on my executive team when we're doing pictures and stuff. And it, it, that's exactly right. They don't look like they're made up. It's not like that at all. They just... Because they have skin too, just like we do. Right. So no, they're not wearing a red lip like we are. They're mm-hmm. not doing any fun lashes or cheek but color But I imagine, bites. and this would be a good question I would love to ask Dale or Lloyd, do you feel more confident when Amy's in the room? You know, get a male perspective. Uh, and I would assume that the answer yeah. is absolutely yes, that... Yes, I feel like she's going to make sure I don't have a shiny forehead. She's going to make sure that I look presentable on camera. And One of the CEOs I uh, work with, he used to be an NFL player. Big guy. I think he's about 6'7"-ish and very much a man's man. And he lets me do makeup. He wants me to. He talks about skincare. That's, oh, I mean, that's right. my love language. When, and yeah. with anybody's going to ask me a question about skincare, because skincare first, it's not yes. makeup. Yes. Because makeup accentuates. Let's our talk skin. about that. I forgot I wanted to yes. talk about this. So let's talk about your line of makeup. Oh, yeah. Because I do love your line of makeup, and you were very subtle about it. When you started the conversation with, I didn't want to sell, and I yeah. totally get that. I could never see you behind a counter for one thing. You need to be out in the world and doing what yeah. you do. But you do have some really cool products. The cream that we love, which yes. is like takes the puffiness out, the peptide, peptide, eye, peptide cream. eye cream is... We should all be using it. Everybody should be using it. And I really like the way that your foundation goes on. Yes. It feels like, especially in the summer, it's like light. I don't feel like heavy. Yeah, that went out in the 80s. The foundation concealer powder, the really heavy look. Yeah. So... This I've, is good stuff. 
So talk to our audience about how you developed it. I probably was with you many times and not focusing at all on what the heck you're doing and whatever. But I'm like, oh, it says just Amy on the, on the, I'm like, this is her makeup. <laughs> that like, that seems silly. That took me a while to like put that together. And now it's like some of my favorite makeup. So why, what made you design your own formula? Well, as a makeup artist, we have um, pretty high IQ of where to get our products from, and not everything's always name brand or from a store or something that you can get your hands on. So I buy some of my products in bulk. And over the years, for about 18 years, I've been buying from a company that I can brand if I want to, but I chose not to because I wanted to stick with not selling anything. Yes. And I love saying that. Like, I'm not here as a sales pitch. I'm just here to do your makeup and hair, and that's really where I shine. Yes. But... It kept happening. Why do I look like this on camera? Why did I look so good? It lasted all day. Like I kept hearing all these compliments. I say, well, it's the products I'm using. I tell all makeup artists, you're only as good as your products. Pack your kit with good products, products that work. Test them on yourself first. So I decided to brand what I've already been buying, why? Because I was selling it label-less to clients. Why don't I have my name on there? Exactly. So during COVID, one of my Fidelity webinars that I did, they wanted to get a gift for all the women. There were 150 women on. They wanted to get a big gift bag for each person. What can you put in it? So I put in my favorite eyelash curler, which is by a brand, um, some skincare by a brand. And then I put in my peptide eye cream, which I had never branded. And I branded it because I needed to order 150. So I went ahead and ordered 600. And then I launched it on Instagram. And I don't have really a website to even buy it. You just have to contact me personally. I always write a hand little written note and I send it in cute little polka dot paper. And it's just with my logo and I got stickers. The pandemic actually helped me launch the peptide eye cream. So during the pandemic, I had to get a little creative. I mean, I completely stopped working. I couldn't be in front of anyone's faces. We Everything stopped. So we're all but stuck for in For your homes. role? Yeah. I mean, that's so true. You are face-to-face with your clients. My job was a hard no. A hard no. Yeah. Nobody's out and about. I mean, you, that must have been a really challenging time. So some, I, I got a selfie from an executive, and she said I'm about to speak in front of 605 people. <laughs> this is what I look like, but I know it's not ready for Zoom. I don't know how to do Zoom makeup. It's different. Can you help me? I Talk said, about a pivot. I'm like, you're in Boston. I'm in Chicago. What do you want me to do? And you're going on soon. So I so said, okay, said, walk me through. What's what's your schedule this weekend? I'm going to do a makeup lesson with you virtually. I think do you have this? You have Zoom probably, right? And we, I mean, I didn't even we have do it. Zoom, Teams, Zoom, right? But I was saying this to her because I didn't even have Zoom. I'm like, I think I could. I'll download the app, and everything that I have already in my kit. Um, because I'm a mobile salon, I I don't work in a salon. I don't work in a makeup counter, so everything is with me. I was able to use the same pieces and have my makeup light suction cup on my mirror in my bathroom. I put up a backdrop. I had my selfie stick hold on to my phone underneath the makeup light, and I set up a studio in my bathroom, and I gave her a makeup lesson. On your own face, obviously. Yes, on my own face. I used my face as a model, and I showed her what to do. I got real up close and personal. I showed her what to do with the eyeliner. I showed her how to hold each brush. And she said, "I." she's the head of diversity and inclusion for Fidelity Investments. And it's interesting because I worked my way from the top down, so she hired me to do um, a virtual makeup lesson for nine people underneath her on their team. And then word just spread like wildfire that Amy will teach workshops to women. So I was like the keynote speaker and I got a producer and they, they 
made this whole program for me. Thank goodness I'm not shy, because who wants to be on camera? But I'm not shy, so it's fine. I said, I'm gonna do this. And they set an incredible, I didn't even set it, they set an incredible price. I said, that's, that's not how much money I make. That's, but don't say that's that. triple, that's crazy. <laughs> she said, Amy, this is what you're worth. Yes. And we're gonna pay you oh, this. So that turned, that, that taught me something. Yeah. So, um, so I started, I started. Um, that taught you to know your worth. Yes. And all these things that we've so been So you're giving about. all this information out to, one was I was over 300 people I was speaking to, and one was also with men, half women, half men. So I had to change that whole formulation because I wanted them um, to get something out of it and not just focus so much on makeup. And I got comments back from the men, I can't believe how much work you women go through every day just to get ready for camera. That's impressive. Is so, that not So they the even truth? learned something. Men get ready in 10 minutes. Yes. Yes. I'm always like, wow. I can too. You saw me do it You earlier. did. You did. You're a rock star. But I'm good. <laughs> it's all about you, Lorraine. But I'm good. I get five minutes. But I think back to your comment on what you charge. Like, let's dig into that a little bit because that was really cool. And it's an issue for lots of people. I don't think it's even, that's probably more women than men. But they say things like, I've heard that men, you know, feel like if they're going to go for the promotion, they have to know how to do it. Or no, sorry, opposite. They don't know how to do it. So if men are going for the promotion, they'll be like, yeah, I can do that. Where women, we feel like we got to know how to do the next level exactly. before we'll go for the promotion. And and even, yeah, of course, like just asking for what we're worth is it's different. I've seen it like... It's important. It's so important, especially entrepreneurial women. And you're an entrepreneur. And you have to... Yeah, I'm my CFO, I am HR, yes. I'm the CEO, I'm everything. <laughs> I, I teach my clients, I'm like, you're the CEO of this. This is mm -hmm. your brand, so what are you going to do, especially when we're on calls now, video calls, it's all you're seeing your shoulders up. Yes. So what are we going to do about this? I want you to feel good about what you see. But yeah, being this, right. holding all the roles in my company is, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and even this whole conversation of knowing your worth, it's more than the makeup you put on my face. It's the peace, the trust, the confidence, the allow me to be me, and I know you've got my back. That's it. But oh. your creativity and the pivot, that was huge. Helping women, particularly, we do, we are on these Teams calls. I mean, I get it when you have 600 people, that's one thing and that's huge. But I've heard statistics that those Zoom calls and Teams calls are exhausting. And more for women than men, because we're sitting staring at a little box of our face there. Yes. And it's different for women. I mean, significantly and percentage-wise, I can't remember. But we felt that more. I would, like, if I'm on six Zoom calls a day, I get, like, this headache right here. Like, it's exhausting. Yes. And I know, like, you it's can Zoom turn. Fatigue. It's totally real. And you can turn that little screen off of yourself, which I've never tried. But it might help. But pray to God those days are over of six hours of those. But I think that when your client called and said, I got to be on in front of 600 people and I'm on a Zoom thing and I don't like what I look like, it's... Well, the keynote speaker, yeah. And a keynote you speaker. You know that. You're going to be And we've had, um, not to that extent, but like, of course, a lot during that period when we were, none of us were in the office, we did a lot more all-company forums. So we usually do them quarterly. At that time, we were doing them monthly. So that's, you know, just my company and not yeah, 600 yeah, people yeah. and I'm not keynoting, but... But you feel, I remember feeling like I have a desk that stands. Like if, if, if it's an important thing I'm trying to deliver, that what you're talking about is hugely important. And like, I need to be standing for this because it's like oh, different energy. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. 
All that stuff is, is important. So I'm glad that I don't have to do the um, follow your class because I don't think I could, even if you t- I'm lefty. Well, just, yeah, keep letting me. I still want to be yeah. with you. I like you in person, but good to know. I could teach you all my tricks, but... I don't think I could do I it, though. I mean, it's, you, yeah. it's the art part of what you do. Yeah. You could teach me, but there's no way I could... I could never stick these eyelashes on. Like, or st- staying current. Like, I did yeah. something new on you today. You're wearing navy eyeliner. I love it. Good. It's bringing out the amber in your <laughs> eyes. Gorgeous. <laughs> so, Amy, as you know, I ask all my guests this one question. And when I say owning your legacy... I'm curious to know what is the legacy you would like to leave behind? Big question. It's but a it's big a question. good one. I think so much um, so much about my legacy is not so much about my past and what I've already done. It's about what I'm going to be doing in my future. Because I still have a good 10 plus years left in my career, which is an interesting career to be in. Um, I don't know that you really see 65-year-old makeup artists, but I'm going to be one of them. Oh, yeah. Hell I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to take it as far as I can go. Um, but I just, I have such a strong work ethic. It came from, came from my upbringing. There's quite a few good things that came from my upbringing. One is my work ethic came from both my parents and being part of a big family. We all had to pull our own weight. My mom always had a saying, never leave the house empty-handed. There's always something that's got to be taken out or to be done. So, um, I even do that when I'm on set. If I see something needs to be done, I do that. But um, probably going off my legacy, sorry. No, that I mean, was good, though. No, the um, work ethic, that totally yeah. makes sense. And, and growing up in a, a big family, I get yeah. that. One thing that I'm happy to leave a legacy is for my son. I raised my son by myself, and I was told by a, a friend, her, her mother was a single mother. She had her daughter at 15, and she learned some hard lessons. I learned a lot from her. And she said to me, don't try to play both roles. You're not his father. You're just his mother. You just be the best mom you can be. Some, some children don't even have two parents. Some have one good parent. Some are lucky and have both. But you just focus on being a good mom. So it's just so important, the legacy I want to leave for my son. Just he's already a good human. Oh, he's my, he is my gift to this world. He's what I'm leaving behind. Maybe he's going to be my legacy. But... Um, I know that I've given him some really good qualities to go go into his life with, and one of them is he's such a hard worker. He sees what needs to be done, he pitches in, and I'm, I'm grateful for all the things that I've learned up until now and everything I'm gonna do in my future. And just leading by example. There's so much we can only tell our children, but we need to lead by example and they can see that. Um, he seems very intuitive. I mean, he sees you. He's in tune. In tune. Doesn't miss a beat. That's huge. That's huge as a friend, as a partner, you know, that he seems like a sensitive soul in, oh, a, yeah. in a great way. He's and a, I don't even know him. I've just yeah. heard stories as we've been of, together. A lot of stories. <laughs> oh, he yeah, sounds like an awesome human being. He's got an old soul. He's probably yes. more the parent than I am. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. We all need that. You kind of grew up together, though. Yes, we did. Um, even though I had him when I was 27, I felt more like 17. Right. I was such a slow, late bloomer because of the religion I was raised, so we didn't right. really get to be introduced into the real world until I left um, at, 24. at 24. So honestly, I, 24 felt like 14. Yes, I could see that. So there's yeah. a lot of good learning lessons in my life, mm-hmm. but I only learned um, during those rock-bottom days, Crucible on the bad moments, days. The, yeah. Yes. 
winner. The sweet isn't as sweet without the sour. So, so true. Now that I have all these good, I have a lot of good days happening. Not every day can be good. Right. I have so many good days well, that happen. Well, you can't happen. appreciate the good day yes. unless you have a bad day. It's so true. And I think I had most of my bad days already. They're behind me. Yeah. They were right. bad. I had the bad ones. So I'm like really leaning into and enjoying my life now. But it makes you who you are. Absolutely. And I think not going numb. You know, if you go numb, then you don't feel the good and the bad. Absolutely. And being brave enough to have a bad day. And like I said before, like I'm a big crier, but then I feel better. But you have to like feel it. And because if you don't feel that, you can't feel the joy. Yeah. That's something I was, for years I was drinking a bit more than I should. And I was doing that to numb out. And then once I said no to alcohol and living an alcohol-free life, that's when I realized that I can, um, I don't need to be numb. Because when you're not numb, you get to feel all the good days on the good. You can yes. feel the good on the good days. And then you can deal with the bad differently. So mm -hmm. that's that numbing. It's, I, it's important. I put that. And to even know, sometimes I say like disassociate. Like there's times I have to, we talked about something sad that happened this past weekend in our company and, it's, and I knew I had to get through today. And sometimes I have to go, okay. I mean, it's like there, but I got to put it here for a minute. We'll get back yeah. to it. I think it's getting back to it. Absolutely. And finding the mm -hmm. moment when you can get back to it. You can always get back to it and deal with it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Amy. This thank has you. been a real... Did you have fun? Yes. It was a really good conversation. <laughs>